0: In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Do prayer,
1: O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day For the
0: Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all.
2: up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, and how long will the wicked shine?
1: Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His I world. hate the work of those
0: who follow it. my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. I will defy tyrants.
1: I will defy tyrants. I will defy
0: tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
2: And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQers, TV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm Fidel, the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book the Bible as a authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty Radio. Dot com and also com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley show from Saturday, so if you would like two hours' worth of Bradley Dean and you didn't get the chance to see him, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, at sonsoflibertymedia.com, dot com, at which time he'll be live at that in in that area three p.m. At least that's what he's telling me that he was uh, he's going to be on. Even though they're they're traveling, I think they're in Michigan all week this week. So be sure and check that out, and then uh, look for him to be live at three o'clock. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow up whatever device you've got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat. We already have some friends over there. Good to see you guys, and I'd love to have you uh, on there as well. We're also streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the channel. And then also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. So you can catch us on all of those um, uh, outlets. Okay, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, that goes out between 7 and 8 Eastern. Uh, That includes all the articles we have for the day at com, And um, you'll also get the morning show archive there. Yep, you'll get that in there. So be sure to sign up for that if you haven't done so. And finally, if you agree with our message, you'd like to help keep us out there. There's a donate button at the top of the page. You can click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we do appreciate you guys uh, very, very much. Now, I got oh, I got a, I got a bunch of stuff here uh, to cover, but um, one of them happened to, happened to be this little video here. And for you guys who are on Red State Talk Radio, you you won't be able to see this obviously, uh, and it doesn't have sound. So, but this is from January sixth, too. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Probably many of you, like I say, the audience is pretty well educated on a lot of things. Um, but this is weapons that were being handed out from inside the Capitol. Okay, this was from inside the Capitol building. And As you can see, they're, pass- they're going to be passing out some bats and all kinds of stuff that comes out from inside the Capitol building here. Uh, you can see them passing bats. I don't know. Yeah, there's some bats. I don't know if there's pipes or what, but uh, they're clearly passing them out from inside the building there. Um, and this is the group. This is the group here that were smashing windows and, you know, destroying the property. This was not the the majority of the protesters at all. This was not even... I don't even want to say it was a minority. It was like you a know, little sprinkling of a couple of people who were doing this. Uh, so just in case you guys had not seen that, that is out. Also, just a couple of things that uh, to make you aware before we get into our topic today, here about com. Top Democrat on January 6th committee. We
0: actually didn't review any of the surveillance video. Stop and think
2: about that just for a minute. We actually didn't review any of the 40,000-plus hours of surveillance video, but they're on a committee to determine who knows what at this point. I mean, what? it's it's two years down the road. They're not going to do anything. Everybody knows they're not going to do anything. The continued calls for investigations into the corruption by the corrupt— is going to end in nothing but a WWE match. It's entertainment for the political junkies out there. That's what it's for. They, are, they have no intention of bringing any justice in the matter at all. None. Because in this matter, they would be dealing with those people who had actually done damage. Instead, they went after people who just simply left their homes and went up to D.C. thinking they were supporting a Guy that they thought was constitutionally elected and that they thought was constitutional. And on the first one, I believe that's true. He was constitutionally elected, and on the second one, he was far from constitutional. And he lured them in there and said he would go with them. And he didn't do it, did he? Hmm. Keep that in mind as we go through some things here. Uh, this morning, because there's a lot more to that than just that. Also, credit card companies are pushing back, are push, pushing the pause button on tracking gun and ammo purchases after backlash. Remember the story? Discover came out and they were going to start tracking your gun purchase. And now they do it in a certain way anyway. If you're a person who uses a credit card, a lot of these credit card companies has a little pie chart. and They tell you where you spent your money on and how all this kind of stuff, right? We're going to talk a little about debt today. But like PayPal, don't you know when they were caught, <laughs> wanted to find people, uh, and they said oh, we're going to back off of that, and then they were, yeah, they were still doing it. Yeah, these guys are going to do the same thing. They're going to do the same thing, and then finally this one, this one, all these you can find at sunsallibertymedia.com. The second such incident this month. Remember we did the show last week. We uh, looked at the January six videos, and then we looked at these pilots and flight attendants who were dying suddenly. Well, a veteran British Airways pilot dies of a heart attack just before he was to fly a packed Airbus A321 from Cairo to London. They found him in his hotel room dead. Heart attack. Hmm. You Want to guess what, that's caused, what that was caused by? And remember, the FAA has lowered the standards regarding their physical fitness, these pilots. Why? Because they know what it's doing. I'm going to tell you what this is eventually going to lead to. By the way, the first one was one I made mention of in the show, and that was this uh, Virgin Australia uh, first officer who had the heart attack 30 minutes into the flight, and they had to return, uh, make an emergency landing for him. Eventually, this is going to lead to a major airline disaster.
0: There's going to be a major crash somewhere. Mark my words, it's going to happen. They're just now catching it. It is going to happen.
2: I don't see any way around it. And you figure in America here, they lock the the pilots' doors, right? What if what if both of those guys have something at the same time? Who's going to get into the Who's going to get up there in the cabin and and land the plane?
0: Yeah, it's a ser. It's this is a serious issue.
2: It really is. Um, so this morning, what I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of shed some words because we've got some, um, we've had this talk about CBDCs, by the way, next Monday, uh, Lord willing, I'm going to be interviewing G Edward Griffin on this, on the CBDCs, and, uh, hopefully we'll play it the next day, but that is where they want to go next. Now for all intents and purposes for everybody out there, that's worried about a cashless society and all this other. Let me, let me just explain this to you. You're already in much a cashless society.
0: Every time you use a debit card, that's cashless. Every time you use a credit card, that's cashless.
2: And the majority of people pay for stuff like that. They don't break out their wallet and pull out fiat money. We're going to look at what that is in just a minute, too. But I thought what I would do is I would start off with the Federal Reserve's own words. Now, this is a book called Modern Money Mechanics. It is a workbook on bank reserves and deposit expansion. You'll notice it is put out by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. You can download this from the, uh, the Federal Reserve website. You can also purchase a copy of it. So this is not something Tim Brown made up. It's not something somebody else made up. Uh, you can purchase a copy for twenty nine ninety five. Okay,
0: and you're gonna be sh- some of you are gonna be shocked who don't know this. But as we go down through here,
2: I want you to listen to what uh, some of some of these things that the Federal Reserve says about our money. Okay, now before I read this. I want you to know what our Constitution says because the Constitution claims to be the law of the land, right? It's the agreed upon, actually, none of us agreed on it, but those who came before us did. And they agreed, okay, this is how we're going to govern ourselves. And as a result of that, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to do that as the Constitution says Article 1, Section 10. Listen very carefully. No state. Shall enter into tr- any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark or repri- and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. Hmm. Goes on, and it says, pass any bill of attainder, ex post facto law. They're doing that all the time, too. Or law impairing the obligation of contracts or grant any title of nobility. By the way, this ex post facto law, I, I brought that up with Donald Trump when the ATF wanted to go in. And remember, Trump was behind the bump stock bans. Mm-hmm. That's an ex post, ex post facto law. Uh, there were people who lost their entire businesses over that. There was one company down in Texas, and I don't know how this isn't impairing the obligation of contracts. This guy had a, a ridiculous amount of bump stocks that he, that they made him destroy. Are they going to throw him in jail?
0: So, but I, but notice in here, Article One, Section Ten.
2: The states are not to emit bills of credit or make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. Let me say it again: make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. How many of you guys are walking around with gold and silver coins in your in your pocket to pay off the state for immoral property taxes, uh, or to pay for your gas, or to pay for your mortgage, or anything like that? Yeah. In fact, mortgage companies write specifically in there, you know, check or cashier's check or any of this kind of stuff, but they will not put gold or silver there.
0: They won't put it there.
2: So let's ask a reason as to why that is. Well, if that is the law of the land and the law of the land says you're to use gold and silver coin as a tender of payment of debts, well, then what is this paper stuff that we've got? Well, that's what we call fiat money. Now, before, a lot of you guys have probably seen them in pawn shops. If you've been in a pawn shop, uh, sometimes they'll buy some of the silver certificates and things like this from people. Um, You'll find like a, I don't know, $2 bill or $5 bill or something. It'll say silver certificate. And what you're supposed to be able to do is take that into the bank and get $5 worth of silver. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't even have that now. You basically have an IOU note. That's what it is. It is a debt note. Those green things in your pocket, if you have them, are debt notes. That's what they are. They are a fiat currency. So what is a fiat? What is fiat? What is it? Well, let's look here at Webster's 1828. Fiat. It's from the Latin FIO. It means let it be done, a decree, or a command to do something, okay so how does this tie in? how do we have fiat money how do how is a how is a, the money that we have? how is it a decree? How is it a command to do something? Well, it comes based upon congress 's declaration to print money, not to coin gold and silver the way the Constitution says, but to print money, and this comes from the Federal Reserve Act. Um, They're in 1913. But it goes further beyond because the Federal Reserve basically bankrupted the United States. They bankrupted us. 1933, you can read the bankruptcy legislation online. You can do like I did and get, well, I got a portion of it certified from the Library of Congress. And how they began to restructure because America's been bankrupt since then. But we didn't go bankrupt under Biden. We didn't go bankrupt under Trump. We didn't go bankrupt under Obama. We didn't go bankrupt under Bush. We went bankrupt a long time ago. Almost 100 years ago. We have been an enslaved economy.
0: And the sooner that you
2: understand this, the better you're equipped to start looking at things the way you should be looking at them, because the biggest human trafficking in the world is everyone. Everyone who uses the dollar is enslaved to it in some way or another. You can say you're not all you want to, but the reality is as you are. It is debt money, and what have we said about that? Debt is the money of slaves. It's not the money of free men. It's the money of slaves. So, with that said. Let's look here to Modern Money Mechanics. Again, this is by the Federal Reserve. And let's read a couple of sections of what they're saying here. And we're going to take the physical and we're going to look at the spiritual too uh, along in this show. So just hang in there uh, with me a little bit. But here it is. And hopefully you guys can read it. If you cannot read it, I will have it archived in the um, uh, show archives later Today, okay. Let me just see if I can blow this up a little bit. All right, that probably gives you, at least the viewing audience, a little bit more. So it asked this question: What is money? Now you're going to be amazed at how forthright they are. They tell you exactly what this system is—that it is a scam. The entire U.S. dollar system is a scam. Okay, if money is viewed as a simple, uh, viewed simply as a tool used to facilitate transactions. Only those media that are readily accepted in exchange for goods, services, and other assets need to be considered. Many things, from stones to baseball cards, have served this monetary function throughout the age or through the ages. Today, in the United States, money used in transactions is mainly of three kinds, currency, paper money and coins in the pockets and purses of the public, demand deposits, non-interest bearing checking accounts in banks, and other checkable deposits such as negotiable order, of withdrawal or now accounts uh, at all depository institutions, including commercial and savings banks, savings and loan associations, and credit unions. Travelers checks are also included in the definition of transactions money. Since $1 in currency and $1 in checkable deposits are freely convertible into each other and both can be used directly for expenditures, they are money in equal degree. Now this is loose. Some of this stuff is very loose termed money, as you'll see in just a minute. However, only the cash and balances held by the non-bank public are counted in the money supply. Deposits of the U.S. Treasury, depository institutions, foreign banks and official institutions, as well as vault cash and depository institutions are excluded. And then it goes on and explains some other things about how they're defining
0: money. Okay. Okay. So,
2: it goes on to ask this question, what makes money valuable? Now, stop and ask ask yourself this question, because anybody familiar with the Bible knows the Bible calls money filthy lucre, right? Uh, it talks about the love of money is the root of all evil, because if men are just constantly pursuing money... They're not pursuing the Lord. Jesus speaks about this, and we're going to reference it in just a little bit. In fact, let's just do that right now. Um, <clears throat> and I jump down here. This is from Matthew chapter 19, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19 to the end of the chapter. Listen to what Jesus says about the difference here between those who serve God and those who serve money. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if an eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or he, else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And clearly he has God and money or mammon. He has those as the two masters that can be served, God or money. Which one are you going to serve? Okay. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life and see, this is what he's getting at. And this is the system that it has us in. We work for the money.
0: We work to get paid in money. And you're going to see how foolish that is here in just a minute. And we get the money to do what? Sustain our living.
2: Somebody had written, uh, made a little meme that says, man is the only creature on the earth who pays to live on it. Yeah, that's because we're in that system. But you know, years ago,
0: that wasn't necessarily the case.
2: There are a lot of people that live on the earth, grow their own food, build their own houses, and are not part of the money system. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you should drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, the body more than raiment? I mean, even Jesus, who didn't have a place to lay his head, had one piece of clothing, right? He had one piece of clothing. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they, not, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? The food, the clothing, all that stuff, it comes. All these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so what Jesus is saying is, instead of giving your attention to money, give your attention to God and to his kingdom. Look to look for his righteousness. Seek out his righteousness and follow hard after him and what happens. All these other things get added to you, the stuff that you're concerned about providing. He'll meet those needs. Okay? That's what Scripture says. We just read it. That's the context. Okay? So let's go back here, and let's see what the Federal Reserve actually calls money. Some of you are going to be shocked at this, that they would actually put this in paper, or that they would actually put this in print. In the United States, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities. This is from the Federal Reserve. In the United States, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities.
0: Think about that just for a second.
2: Intrinsically, a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. This is the Federal Reserve telling you this. Intrinsically a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. Deposits merely book entries.
0: Some of you have already
2: been through this, so you already get it. You already get it. Some of you have not. Coins do have some intrinsic value as metal, but generally far less than their face value and that's true. Unless you get some old coins that are made out of silver. What then makes these instruments Checks, paper money, and coins. By the way, I should have pulled that um, the law that's been written that says the U.S. government is responsible for checks, paper money, debts. Uh, they're, They're completely responsible for it. Why? Because they're the bankrupt entity. And what is the full faith and credit of the United States? You and me. It's our hard labor. That's the full faith and credit of the United States. It doesn't have it. It's bankrupt. And so it goes on and it says, um, what then makes these instruments, checks, paper, money, and coins acceptable at face value and payment of all debts for other monetary uses? Mainly, it is the confidence people have that they will be able to exchange such money for other financial assets, and for real goods and services whenever they choose to do so. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Mainly, it is the confidence people have that there's value to that piece of paper. Even though they just told you there's no value to it. It's just a piece of paper. All right? Now, I don't know how many people are shocked at that, that the Federal Reserve would actually come out and say it. Hey, this stuff we're printing, it's worthless. It's a piece of paper. It's all dependent upon how you view that piece of paper. I've given the illustration before. I'll give it again. And I don't have any with me. Um, But if you get a coupon to a store, let's say you get a coupon to, is Sears still open? I, I guess they're still open. You get a coupon to Sears and it's for $50 off a weight bench. Let's just say you clip out that coupon for $50 and if you buy that particular weight bench, that coupon, that piece of paper that you printed off, probably off your computer or whatever, and you cut it out, that little piece of paper that went from being worth a portion of a penny, all of a sudden now is worth $50. But it's only worth $50 at Sears and it's only worth $50 at Sears for a particular weight bench. Everybody follow me? What it that little piece of paper is worth? How much? $50. But only at a particular store and only for a particular product. I can't take it down here to the gas station and fill up my my car for $50 with that. Okay? Everybody understand? Now I want to ask you something. Considering what the Federal Reserve just wrote here in their book, how is that? And considering what the Constitution says, how is the greenbacks that you got in your wallet somewhere or the coupons, that are, how is that not counterfeit money? I'm just asking the question. How
0: is it not counterfeit?
2: The fact of the matter is it really is counterfeit. At least the Federal Reserve stuff is really counterfeit. Yeah, I know they wrote laws. But again, you cannot write law to undermine the law. This is the problem I have with people who want to give gun confiscation laws. Pretended laws. Because the Second Amendment is clear. Shall not be infringed. It's pretty clear.
0: And yet, this is allowed to go on.
2: This is exactly what is allowed to go on. This is... uh, a continuation of what the book says. Money, like anything else, derives its value from its scarcity in relation to its usefulness. Now, that is true. And this is why cryptocurrency became, one of the reasons cryptocurrency became very popular among people, not only did it allow them anonymity, but
0: it also was...
2: Um, how shall I say this, it, the, the rarity of it. In other words, Bitcoin did so well. Why? There was only a certain number of Bitcoins that were going to be mined, Okay, just like any other cryptocurrency, only so many that are going to be mined. You can't, as far as I know, you can't duplicate them, so you can't counterfeit them. People can steal them, but they can't counterfeit them. And there were, there were a limited number of them. There weren't any, even anything you could hold in your hand like a paper money. There's still a fiat currency. But this was, this, was what was, this is what was going on in there. They were limited. Now, contrast that with QE3, QE4, and the like, where money is just constantly being printed by the trillions. What do you think that does
0: to the dollars that you're already holding? They're not limited now. There's
2: a lot more of them. OK? There's a lot more of them. So again, some people don't understand this, and so they fall into this trap of thinking, "Well, I made more money, so therefore the economy was better, or it is better, I should say. And I heard this during the Trump years. Oh, Trump had the booming economy, and he talks about it now. The guy, they were printing money. They were spending money like drunken sailors no offense to drunken sailors but they were spending money like crazy he signed the largest spending bill in US history 6.1 or 6.2 trillion dollars
0: that was Donald Trump and everybody thought the economy was great
2: then if it was so great why does the debt keep going up why does the spending keep going up Right here, you're looking at it. I'm reading it to you. Money, like anything else, derives value from scarcity in relation to its usefulness. Commodities or services are more or less valuable because they are more or less of them relative to the amounts people want. Money's usefulness is its unique ability to command other goods and services and to permit a holder to be constantly ready to do so. How much money is demanded depends on several factors, such as the total volume of transactions in the economy at any given time, the payment habits of the society, the amount of money that individuals and businesses want to keep on hand, to take care of unexpected transactions and the foregone earnings of, holdings, of holding financial assets in the form of money rather than some other assets. Again, this is from modern money mechanics by the Federal Reserve. This is what they're telling you. Money is a scam. At least their money is a scam. Gold and silver, lawful money. How do you think they're doing all of the stuff they're doing? How do you think they implemented Obamacare with all of the NGOs and the nonprofits that they set up in communities? The funding of all that stuff, they're doing it with lawless money. Lawless money is at the root, it is the root of all of the lawlessness that's going on. And lawless money actually comes from
0: lawless hearts. the hearts of
2: men that will not be ruled by God. That's where it comes from. It's their love of money and their creation of it. There's a a fantastic video, by the way. I'll try to see if I can grab it and throw it in the archive by Bill Steele on The Wizard of Oz. And those of you who don't know what The Wizard of Oz is all about, it's actually about the money system. And um, instead of ruby shoes in the original um, Wizard of Oz, Dorothy had on silver shoes. And she was walking the Yellow brick road, the gold road, right? The golden road. So you've got a lot of things that are in there, but I want to put that in there because Bill points out this thing of how money used to be in the past and how I think it was in the Roman days, they would take a stick and they would break it or they would cut it. And so the lender would have one side of the stick and the debtor would have the other side and he would work that off. And then when they came back together, they'd make sure that it was done and they would put the sticks together to make sure that those that cut matched. And that's how they knew that the debt was paid. The guy will walk away with, I guess, both sticks, right? So with that said, there's been a whole lot of different money systems throughout history. But our money system is based on nothing.
0: It's based on nothing except your
2: willingness to believe in it. Now, what happens if people don't believe in their money system? Well, it's going to collapse. It's going to collapse anyway. I'm just here to tell you. There's no way you can hold on to this kind of debt-based debt. And that's what we've got. Debt-based debt, if you can even... We're going to look at, in a second, of the spiritual nature of us trying to do good works, and all we're doing is heaping up judgment for ourselves. We're building up more debt. Rather than rely upon the righteousness of Christ, we try to do righteousness ourselves. And God's just like, okay, the t- the, um, the ledger's filling up here, guys. You're going to have more judgment. You're going to have more debt. You're going to owe more than when you began.
0: So with that said, there's several
2: things. Um, <clears throat> let me give you an example here. This is... Um, I'm just pulling this. This is not the story that I read when I read it. But this is, a, this is a practical example of the money scheme, the scam that's going on here. How many of you guys have heard of a guy by the name of Jerome Daly? Jerome Daly. Um, I want to take and uh, bring some things down here. Let me move a window here a second. Um,
0: Jerome Daly. All right? This guy...
2: He was involved in a lawsuit in 1969. Okay, this is the short version, but you can put his name in and you can read longer versions, uh, which I I highly recommend. There was one I read that was very lengthy, explained how the case went and everything else. Jerome Daly took on his bank, which was First National Bank of Montgomery. I want to say was the name of it. Um, I believe it was out of Minnesota. Yep, Minnesota. And he took them on because he discovered they never had any money
0: for his mortgage, but they were trying to foreclose on his house.
2: And just so you understand, if you you sign for a mortgage, you have so many days that you can get out of that mortgage, like three days or something like that. On the fourth day, they send it off. They get the money for that transaction for that mortgage and they pay the person for the house. So the house is paid for and it's paid for with your money, by the way. The bank doesn't come up with money because the bank doesn't have the money. Remember, you're in a debt system. The bank doesn't have the money. They pay your mortgage off and then you pay the bank or whoever you get your mortgage through two to three times the, the amount that they t- got from you that they make you think that, they, that was their money, you pay them that to service that loan. That's pretty slick, isn't it? It's pretty corrupt, too. Where's that money coming from, Tim? Well, as best I can figure, it's coming out of, from where you were given a Social Security uh, number. And there are websites where you can see how people are using your social security number and your birth certificate number in order to make literally billions of dollars. Okay. Here's the story of Jerome Daly. Check this out. And I just pulled this off of Reddit. You can find it all over, but some of them are a little more detailed than others. Let me Let me give to you exactly what went on. Results of the Montgomery versus Daily K lawsuit, a Minnesota trial court's decision holding the Federal Reserve Act unconstitutional and void. Mm, How do you like that? (laughs) The Federal Reserve Act unconstitutional and void. Holding the National Bank Act unconstitutional and void. Declaring a mortgage acquired by the First National Bank of Montgomery, Minnesota in the regular course of its business, along with the foreclosure and the share of sale, to be void. They they foreclosed on his house, and they sold it. And then the court ruled in favor of Mr. Daly, and they had to give it all back. Mm -hmm. People had to move out of the house and everything else. First National Bank of Montgomery versus Daly, 1969, was a courtroom drama worthy of a movie script. I wish they would make a movie on it. But they won't do that. Defendant Jerome Daly opposed the bank's foreclosure on his fourteen thousand dollar home mortgage. Wouldn't how many people would like to have that? That would be awesome. Uh, well, actually, it'd be better to have a zero, but that's pretty small there. On the ground that there was no consideration for the loan, Daly, an attorney representing himself, argued that the bank had put up no real money for his loan, and they had it. Neither has yours. If you've got a mortgage, neither have they. Associate Justice Bill Drexler recorded the courtroom proceedings. He said his role was to keep order in the courtroom. In his court memorandum, Justice Mahoney stated, Plaintiff admitted that it, in combination with the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, did create the entire $14,000 in money and credit upon its own books by bookkeeping entry. They didn't have gold or silver. They didn't even have the paper money. They just wrote it down in the ledger. You owe this much money, $14,000. That's how they created it.
0: That's counterfeit. That's counterfeit. That this
2: was the consideration used to support the note date dated May 8, 1964, and the mortgage of the same date. Oh, this is going to get better, too. If you haven't heard this story, it's really... Yeah, it, it, it really is movie worthy. It really is. The money and credit first came into existence when they created it. So they're counterfeiting money. That's what they're doing. Mr. Morgan admitted that no United States law or statute existed which gave him the right to do this. No, in fact, it's the exact opposite. It condemns his actions. A lawful consideration must exist and be tendered to support the note. Daly wrote in a local news article that this decision, he quote, this decision, which is legally sound, has the effect of declaring all private mortgages on real and personal property and all U.S. and state bonds held by the Federal Reserve, national and state banks to be null and void. Do you get that? It's not just mortgages.
0: This is any debt. Credit card companies.
2: They don't have money. They have ledgers. In fact, it's really interesting. Now, this is just an observation of stuff that I'm I'm noticing as I go through things and I don't have one in front of me here, but if you get a statement, let's say you use let's say you use a credit card and you pay it off in the grace period and you, and you sort of use it against them, okay? You get a statement in the mail. And what does it say? You spent $769.78 this month. Pay this amount for here to keep from getting interest charge, right?
0: Do you notice? Well, let me back up a second.
2: Any of you guys ever taken care of, you learn to balance your banking statement, okay? And you go through the process of taking out the deposits and you take out the credits and you come down and you've got what your balance is, right? Balance that every month. What do you usually come down with, a positive number or a negative number? Now, if you're in my house, you might might find yourself with a negative number immediately followed by a positive number, immediately followed by a negative number. That's just the way things get balanced here. But if you have a positive number, what does that mean? That means you have X numbers of dollars in your account. Is that not right? So if you if you balance everything out and you've got $515.28 in your bank account, it doesn't mean you owe the bank 500, whatever it was I rattled off there. It doesn't mean you owe them that. It means that's what you have in your account, right? Everybody follow? So when you get a statement, now if you've got a negative number there, you balance it out and you're you're under $20, that means you owe the bank $20, right? So when you get a statement, When you get a power bill, when you get a cell phone bill or a phone bill or anything like that, why does it not come to you as a negative fill-in-the-blank of what you owe them?
0: Anybody ever notice that? It comes as a positive. Shouldn't that mean that you have that amount in your account with them? Seriously, I'm I'm asking. It doesn't work this way anywhere else. You have a positive amount there. And you do.
2: The trick is how we're trying to get to that. And what they're doing is they're double dipping on you. They're going to go tap your account that was set up for you for that money. They're going to go tap it and get that money and pay, and, and pay for it. They're going to get paid for it. And then you're paying them. You're writing them a check. You're sending cash, whatever the case may be. You're paying for it. So they're getting paid twice.
0: For the same thing. Back to
2: daily. And continuing his uh, his quote here. This amounts to an emancipation of this nation from personal, national, and state debt purportedly owed to this banking system, not to this bank that he's dealing with the banking system itself. Every American owes it to himself to study this decision very carefully, for upon it hangs the question of freedom or slavery in quote Jerome Daly. This 1969 case,
0: he says, upon it hangs the question of freedom
2: or slavery. And this is the final paragraph. The decision that was made has not been implemented at all. Nope, nope, they buried it. They let him go. They gave him his house back, you know, kind of try to keep him quiet. And it says, although at the time judges and courts were not dependents, after exposing this secret of Banks, Justice Mahoney lived for less than six months and in mysterious accident that appeared to involve poisoning, he died. This was the judge who ruled in favor of Mr. Daly. Within six months, they they poisoned him. Since that time, a number of defendants are attempting to avoid loan defaults using the defense that daily raised, but they have met with only limited success. As one judge said off the record, quote, if I let you do that, you and everyone else, it would bring the whole system down. Well, amen. Bring the system down. Bring it down. I cannot let you go behind the bar of the bank. (laughs) We're not going behind that curtain. Hmm. There's your Wizard of Oz right there. There's your wizard of Oz right there. How many of you were aware of that case and that ruling? And then how many of you were aware this one judge, I mean, oh. See this guy right here? He should be impeached. He's not bringing justice, he's bringing injustice and he's telling you that. Well, he's telling you off the record, but he's telling you that.
1: In 1969, Let me give you was this. a Minnesota court case involving a man. Named just a Jerome quick short daily who was challenging the foreclosure of his home by the bank which provided the loan to purchase it. His argument was that the mortgage contract required both parties, being he and the bank, each put up a legitimate form of property for the exchange. In legal language, this is called consideration. Mr. Daly explained that the money was, in fact, not the property of the bank, for it was created out of nothing as soon as the loan agreement was signed. Remember what modern money mechanics stated about loans? What they do when they make loans is to accept promissory notes in exchange for credits. Reserves are unchanged by the loan transactions, but deposit credits constitute new additions to the total deposits of the banking system. In other words, the money doesn't come out of their existing assets. The bank is simply inventing it, putting up nothing of its own, except for theoretical liability on paper. As the court case progressed, the bank's president, Mr. Morgan, took the stand, and in the judge's personal memorandum, he recalled that, The plaintiff, thanks President, admitted that in combination with the Federal Reserve Bank did create the money and credit upon its books by bookkeeping entry. The money and credit first came into existence when they created it. Mr. Morgan admitted that no United States law or statute existed which gave him the right to do this. A lawful consideration must exist and be tendered to support the note. The jury found that there was no lawful consideration and I agree. He also poetically added, Only God can create something of value out of nothing. And upon this revelation, the court rejected the bank's claim for foreclosure and daily kept his home. The implications of this court decision are immense. For every time you borrow money from a bank, whether it is a mortgage loan or a credit card charge, the money given to you is not only counterfeit, it is an illegitimate form of consideration and hence voids the contract to repay, for the bank never had the money as property to begin with. Unfortunately, such legal realizations are suppressed and ignored, and the game of perpetual wealth transfer and perpetual debt continues. Hmm. What do you think about that?
2: If Joe drops out before Looks, 2024... I, look at his uh, in the way. Will you stop? <laughs> Sometimes these videos just do their own thing. So what's going on here?
0: What seems pretty clear to me what's going on, they have
2: enslaved us through the money system. They've enslaved us through the money system. And you can say, well, I don't have any debt. Okay, do you use electricity? Because you use electricity, then you pay for it. So you're indebted to the electricity company every time you use the electricity before you pay for it. That is a debt. Same thing with a cell phone, same thing with a home phone, same thing with... Whatever you get. Even when you go to the gas pump, you go and you you put the gas in there before they actually charge you. Well, sometimes I guess you go in and they make you pay for it beforehand. But but basically you're in incurring a debt every time you engage in any kind of commerce.
0: And you're doing it with lawless money. Now, what does the Bible say about those kinds
2: of things? Well, it's it talks about the fact that uh, with that, you are you are seen, This is seen as a curse. Let me give you two two passages of scripture, and we're probably going to go over just a little bit today. This again comes from Deuteronomy 28. Okay, it, it remember these are the curses, and what do we see? Verse 44. He shall lend to thee. This is the foreigner. This is the stranger who comes in. He will lend to thee and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. And then this one. uh, From Proverbs chapter
0: 22. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant or slave to the lender. Listen, friends, uh, there's
2: no nice way to say this. If you have debt of any kind, it doesn't matter how small or how large, you are a slave to that debt. This entire system, known as the U.S. economy and the monetary system, is a slave system. You are a slave in it if you're in it there's no There's no getting around it. You can say you're free all you want to. The reality is you're a slave to it
0: that in, that means yours truly We have been enslaved by the money system, and it doesn't matter what we do, whether we're traveling, whether we're buying a product getting a service all
2: of it is based on a debt fiat currency that the federal reserve themselves i read it to you from their own mouths or their own pen has no intrinsic value except what you think it has it literally is monopoly money it literally
0: is that what does the bible say about such kind of
2: such money well it uses the term just, or weights and measures. Leviticus 19.35-36 says, You shall do no injustice in judgment and measurement of length, weight, or volume. You're not going to cheat people out of stuff that you're selling them. If you're selling them grain or... Whatever you're, whatever you're selling, you're not going to cheat them out of it. You shall have honest scales, honest weights, an honest ephah, an honest hen. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. going to share some more of these with you and tie the spiritual aspect in it. Hang on. Catch us at sonsoflibertymedia.com for the rest of this, and we'll talk to you then uh, in the morning, 6 a.m., Lord willing, bright and early, and catch Bradley at 3, live from Michigan. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. Again, these are some of the passages we've talked about before, but um, you know, just just to point this out, Proverbs twenty verses ten, and eleven: diverse weights and diverse measures; they are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Let me ask you something: When's the last time you heard your preacher who talks about the abomination of sodomy? When When's the last time you heard him talk about the abomination of diverse weights and diverse measures? Unlawful money, counterfeiting, the federal... When, when have you heard your, your, your preacher, your pastor, talk about that?
0: Hmm? Just curious.
2: They both are like an abomination to the Lord. That just means they're disgusting to the Lord. That's what an abomination is, is something that's disgusting. Even a child is known by his deeds whether what he does is right and pure. And then also... Let me skip down here just a little bit. Proverbs sixteen eleven. Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are His work. They're warned again in Deuteronomy twenty five not to have these. In Amos chapter eight verses four to six. Here's what he says: Hear this, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fail, saying, When will the new moon be past that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may trade wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel large? Falsifying the scales by deceit. By the way, this is exactly the the, the result of inflation, is it not? Making the shekel large, but you're going to buy smaller and smaller amounts of stuff.
0: Same thing. Amos was pronouncing judgment on Israel. God's pronounced judgment on America he has it's it's everywhere if you just want to see it
2: and he goes on in Amos that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals even sell the
0: bad wheat interesting
2: Micah also has something reminiscent of this, chapter six, verses ten to sixteen says "Are there yet the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked and the short measure that is an abomination? Shall I count pure those with the wicked scales and with the bag of deceitful weights for her rich men are full of violence, her inhabitants have spoken lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth, therefore." I will also make you sick by striking you, by making you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat, but not be satisfied. Hunger shall be in your midst. You shall carry some away, but shall not save them. And what you do rescue, I will give over to the sword. You shall sow, but not reap. You shall tread the olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil. And make sweet wine, but not drink wine. And the statutes of Omri are kept, and the works of Ahab's house are done and you walk in their counsels, that I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing. Therefore, you shall bear the reproach of my people. Again, Proverbs 11, verses 1 and 2. We read this just the other day. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. We're told over and over not to steal. We're told to do that uh, working with our hands, right? That which is good, Ephesians 4.28. Over and over, the, the issue of cheating people, of the filthy money system that was trying to be implemented. I mean, what did Jesus do? My goodness. What did he do in the temple to cleanse the temple? Which, by the way, was a picture of what the priest was to do. In the Old Testament, well, he makes a cord, and he drives the money changers out. What are the money changers doing? Well, they were cheating the people.
0: They were cheating the people.
2: Well, what about Zacchaeus? you guys remember that? He was a wee little man, the wee little man was he? Climbed up into sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? What happens with Zacchaeus? What was he? He was a publican. I think probably we could tie a publican in with, I don't know, CPAs and the rest of them these
0: days. They're collectors
2: of taxes, the publicans were, for Rome. And they only collected the taxes that Rome established. They collected a little bit extra for themselves. A little off the top there. And they got wealthy.
0: And the people of
2: Israel hated Israelites who were publicans. They hated them. With a purple passion, they hated them. This is why Zacchaeus, he's a little guy, he's got to get up in the tree. People find the guy, they probably want to string him up in that tree. But what happened when Jesus went to his house? Listen very carefully. When Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house and he had the meal there with him, Zacchaeus gets up in the middle of it and he goes, huh. Whoever I've taken from,
0: I'll restore fourfold. Now, what is he doing? He's repenting. This is what the law required of one who stole,
2: that they repay four times. And what does Jesus say? <laughs> upon the words of Zacchaeus, that I'm going to fix this, I'm going to repent, I'm going to pay back the people I stole from, and with interest, so to speak. Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this house. Now I want to ask people in the modern gospel, if you've heard the modern gospel, pray and ask Jesus in your heart, and go down the Romans road with your track and all this, is that what happened in the house?
0: Nope. There was fruit of repentance.
2: Zacchaeus realized he was wrong, that he was a lawbreaker, and he sought to restore. That's what he sought to do, to bring
0: forth fruits of repentance. There's a film,
2: um, i trying to think of the one, it's done by those, the Kendrick brothers. Um, and I can't think of the name of it for whatever reason right now. Oh, oh War Room, War Room. And you got the dad, he's working for a pharmaceutical company. He's been keeping supply uh, samples and then turning around and selling them. I think he said he owed like, or he had made like $19,000. So he, he went and did the right thing. He brought the stuff back that he had and he submitted himself to them to do whatever they want to do. They were going to prosecute him, whatever they're going to do. And after some time of thinking, the, you know, the guy, I guess who runs the company came and said, you know, I, I've never seen anybody do anything what you did. He said, it must mean that you're sincere about what you're doing. And he says, you, you say you made about $19,000. He said, why don't we set up a, a way where you pay the company back the $19,000? They didn't even do it four times. He says, why don't you, won't you make sure you pay it back? And we'll, te- we'll, let this, we'll let this go.
0: Yeah, that's called fruit of repentance.
2: If there's no fruit of repentance, then, friend, if you claim to be a Christian and there's no fruit of repentance at all in your life, you have no business calling yourself a Christian. I don't care how many times you ask Jesus in your heart. I don't care how many times you've been to a revival meeting. I don't care how many times you lift your hands up. I don't care how many goosebumps you get. If there's no fruit of repentance, there is no life in you. You are
0: still dead in your sins and your trespasses.
2: What happens when you try to be good on your own? Well, again, you just add up debt. Romans chapter 4. Remember, Paul is making an argument here for how the law
0: puts all men under it.
2: And the only way out from under the condemnation of the law is the righteousness of Christ. And so he uses Abraham as an example. In Romans chapter 4, he says, What shall we say then? That of Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. For if Abraham were justified by works... Wait a minute, Tim. I can just hear the Roman Catholics. Chime in. Well, don't you know that James says we're not just justified by um, faith alone, but by works? Yep, James has got a whole different concept going on than Paul does. They're not in contradiction with one another. They're complementing one another. I'll show you how that works in just a moment. For Abraham, for if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. In other words, if Abraham can do his own thing and be right before God, then God doesn't get the glory. Abraham gets the glory.
0: But Abraham didn't do that. Verse
2: 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. By the way, that happened long before what James is talking about
0: with Isaac okay
2: and everybody does understand let me let me just put this here everybody understands there is there's two ways that you can use the term justified okay so one is in a legal sense where God makes a declaration that yeah you're a sinner but I'm declaring you that you are righteous because of my son Christ, the Lord Jesus. I'm declaring you righteous because we have imputed his righteousness to your account. And we've imputed your sin or your law-breaking to his account. And I've judged that on the cross, and I'm not one who engages in double jeopardy. I've literally put this to your account. And then there's a justified such as when Scripture says, uh, Jesus says, wisdom is justified by our children. Well, is that some kind of legal declaration? No, it's saying if you've got wisdom, it will be justified by seeing it played out. So if I have wisdom and I pass it on to my children and my children use that, and they benefit from it, and it's very evident. That's called, it's, it's being justified before everybody. Everybody can see that wisdom played out. Does that make sense? So there's two ways this used. James uses the second one there. He's talking about a man is justified
0: by his works. Show me your faith by your works. And
2: that's not saying you do works to be justified. That's not what he's saying. And I'm talking about justified in the legal sense before God, but rather demonstrate that what we can't see, you're claiming that you're justified before God, demonstrate in the here and now works that show forth what we can't see. That's what he's saying. Paul here is arguing for the legal declaration, and here's what he says. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt, but of debt. And if you remember, when we went through Genesis 3.15, we see there where uh, Eve said that the, the serpent beguiled her, and you ought to look up the, the word beguiled, and then do, go down through there and go through a root word of what that is, and become a debtor. That's what it is, is to become a
0: debtor. What's going
2: on in the physical right now, here in the United States, is a manifestation of what is going on in the hearts of the people. The hearts of the people are indebted to God for their sin.
0: And it's being demonstrated in their indebtedness to the system through fiat currencies,
2: through diverse weights and measurements that are unjust. And that runs the gamut of everything that you see going on here. The growth of government is coming from lawless money. The unconstitutional wars, it's coming from lawless money. Now, ultimately, it ties back to the human heart that it's deceitful, sick, Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah.
0: But where's all this stuff going? It's all coming from lawless money.
2: Your enslavement to which you have to get up every day to go make sure that you meet the mortgage, that you meet the electrical bill, that you meet the phone bill, the car payment, any, all of that is an enslavement. That's not freedom. That's enslavement. And if you don't pay it, they're going to come take your stuff.
0: And you won't have a house, and you won't have a car, and you won't have food. Do you see that? Not only does the Federal Reserve need to
2: be prosecuted, (laughs) that's what I think, but all those supporting it in government should be too. They know it's wrong. They know it is wicked. They know it is enslaving the people, and they don't care. They're enslaved themselves, just like 2 Peter
0: says, chapter 2. They promise you liberty, but they themselves are the slaves of corruption. They're in the same corrupt system that we're in. But is this why we're here? Nope. Take you over to Galatians chapter three, verse ten.
2: For as many as as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, "Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them." Let me ask you something. You think that money system is a curse? Just from the little bit that you've seen this morning, I don't see how you can say it's not a curse. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're in an unjust weights and measurements money system. That's what we're in. But that no man is justified by the law on the side of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. See that?
0: There's the law of faith, and then there's the the law The moral law. We're not justified by
2: the moral law, are we? Nope. The moral law condemns us as sinners before God. It shuts our mouth. It says, no, you be quiet.
0: The law says this, you're guilty of breaking it. And it leaves us there. But the just shall live by faith. Well, what is that? That's exactly what we were talking about with
2: Abraham that Paul was pointing out in Romans chapter 4. God has sent forth his Son into the world to be the propitiation for the sins of the world, to take them away.
0: Do you believe that? If you
2: believe that, what does it say? The just live by faith. In other words, if, when I say, do you believe that, I'm asking, do you have faith in that? If you have faith in that,
0: then like Abraham, you've been declared righteous. But he says the just shall live
2: by faith. They don't just believe, they live that way. Ephesians 2.10, good works that they've been created for. Not to be saved, not to be declared righteous, but because they have been. They already have been. They've been declared righteous. Therefore, they live unto him who died for them. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree and he says the blessing of abraham might come on the gentiles through jesus christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit
0: through faith and that's not all later on
2: paul would write in his argument blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute sin. He's
0: taken his sin away, and he has given him the righteousness
2: of Christ. I hope I've been clear this morning. I, there's, there's so much here, and there's a lot that rattles around in my brain about this particular subject, especially over the past couple of years. But hopefully it's something to help you to where you can see how these things do play out because this is a big problem
0: and it is our spiritual sins that are manifesting themselves in the world of what we're doing. We go along
2: with it. We don't demand anything different. Pretty much, when's the last time you heard a representative other than Ron Paul, who hasn't been in office for several years now, who points out the corruption of the Federal Reserve and this unjust weights and measures money system that we have, I
0: mean, really knows it and points it out. they know what they 're talking about with it
2: you don 't see you don 't see people doing that at all, and with that said, there was something I meant to say at the beginning of the show, and um, uh, it 's coming to mind again, so I want to share this with you guys. You guys remember we had um, Dr. Michael Roth with us, America's Frontline Doctors, several shows, detoxification. Uh, he had the EDTA cream um, uh, to get rid of graphene oxide and things of this nature. I got uh, Dr. Roth, had, he and I had been back and forth a little bit. We we're going to do some other shows. And um, he was dealing, I think he had Lyme's disease. That's what I want to say. And I, I just thought it was something he was getting over, whatever. I got a message from his wife last night that he has died. He died on Friday. And um, please keep in mind uh, his wife and family. Um, I don't know if this was something that was began to be expected here in recent days or not. Uh, but at least the last time I talked to him, which was several weeks ago, um, he seemed okay. It just you know he was just battling that. So please keep his family in your prayers. I'm sure they would appreciate that very much. And again, I hope that uh, today's message, I hope it's a blessing to you in some way or another, if not anything else, maybe to correct your thinking about um, debt and the curses that debt brings on, because I can tell you from experience, it brings a curse, not a blessing. And we are swimming in curses here in America. May God grant us the repentance that he demands of us. That's all I have to say. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus, he's the one who sets the captives free. He's the one who pays the debt. I mean, what did he say upon the cross? To tell us I Paid in full. It is paid. We have a debt. You understand it? You see the spiritual and the physical? We have a debt we cannot pay. Christ has paid it for us. All glory goes to him. Bow the knee to him today. Turn from your sin. And uh, follow hard after him. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sons of And then, Lord willing, we'll see you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See you.